I think it's being comfortable with yourself first. Yeah. I really think that that's because people can feel it. People can feel if you're uncomfortable with yourself. People, even if like they can't consciously say that. I mean, the the amount of people who will tell me, you seem so so happy or so so comfortable with who you are. And I'm like, you're right. I've spent a lot of time like making it that way. And that creates the best in them. You you have the best interactions by first dealing with your own stuff. Hey Danny, how are you? I hope you're doing well. I'm doing phenomenal. I'm so grateful and honored to be here with you. Yeah, it's my pleasure to have you on. I think there's one question which I don't usually ask, but today I, I wanted to ask this. Uh, I'm always curious about what people think in general when they're not alone. You're right here, like in the recording. What What are you thinking apart from being on the podcast? I'm thinking, you know, it's a magical thing the internet is that we could teleport to India right now, or I could teleport to India to talk to you and about how I was just talking to someone from the United Kingdom about an hour ago and how I'm going to be speaking to someone from Long Island in about an hour. And that's a wonderful thing. And that's a special thing. And I'm in Austin, right? I'm not in any of those places, but I've literally just flown to each one of those places by virtue of doing podcasts with people in those places. I think that's remarkable. I think it, that is special. And I am honored that I live in a place and time, or just a time rather, that that can exist. So that's what I'm thinking about. So I think I'll get into something which which I saw that you, there, there was, you saw, there, there was difference that you noticed between Tejdosa tweets, um, when you were on Twitter, what was actually different that you noticed? It was so Tej Dosa was a someone I looked at, and I said to myself, "Everyone that I follow is talking about business." This is in 2018. Everyone I follow is into business in some sense, and Tej Dosa was interested in business too. But the way he was talking about business was unlike anything that I've seen before. He was talking with love, with kindness, with helping his fellow man. He was not trying to hurt people in any way. He was not trying to put out ego in any way. He was speaking from love. He was speaking from a higher self, a higher calling. And I was attracted to that. And I was looking at that like, this man is onto something. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't know where it came from. All I knew was he had something that I didn't. And it all it stayed with me. What 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 did he have that you didn't? He had a love for himself and for others that I did not possess. I I was operating in more ego. I was operating in me, me, me. And he was operating in love and compassion for all beings because they're beings. And he didn't say that explicitly in any way. He said that implicitly with his words. If you look at my tweets in 2018, when I went under the name Danny Roars versus my tweets today, there is an un, there's a recognizable difference there with, in terms of love and compassion with how I send out messages. And I think that that is a, a sign of growth and that 
started because Tej Dosa showed me that possibility to begin with. Do you think you'll ever lose this love and passion that you have right now with the more success that you gain, which is a relative term? No, I don't. I think that the more success and recognition I gain, the more excited I will be about the mission that I'm on. Because the mission I'm on doesn't have to do with the success and recognition externally. It has to do with the how I'm more comfortable in my own body and mind today than I was three years ago. And that's a result of the podcast. That's a result of meditation. That's a res- So the real game I'm playing is how comfortable can I be in every moment? And how can I give that comfort to other people? So let's say a lot more people listen to the podcast. Let's say a hundred times more people listen to the podcast uh, 10 years from now than right now. Can I be comfortable with that? Can I be comfortable with that moment as it unfolds? We'll see. I don't know. Well, that's a, a story for another day. But I think true success to me is being comfortable in the moment. And I've become so much more comfortable in the moment as my success externally has risen. More people have wanted me to be on their podcast. More people have wanted me to um, just spend time with me in some way. I've become more comfortable with me. So I think that's an important thing to know. You talk about moments there. I think before we get into the main practical part, this is something which I wanted to ask you for a while now. You have the vision of selling out Madison Square Garden, this all the seats. Now, I, I don't have a lot of idea about Madison Square Garden, but I do know it's a big deal. The closer you, the closer you get, in, get to the goal of selling out Madison Square Garden, do you think you become less excited for you for when you achieve it or does the process become less 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 exciting maybe that that's possible i don't think i i don't think it will impact me in any meaningful way getting closer or achieving it because it's not about achieving it it's not like i will only be happy if i sell out madison square garden it's not that it's I'm happy right now because I'm doing what I'm put on this earth called to do. Selling out Madison Square Garden for a live podcast is one experience that I will hopefully have in this incarnation. So it's like, okay, this is also one experience that I will have in this incarnation. I've not put any expectations on it. So therefore I have less uh, stuff to deal with. But I also... Like just because I want to achieve that doesn't mean that I've put a lot of expectations on achieving it or not. And so it will be hopefully easy to work through that and easy to to get closer to achieving it and for it to not be a big deal. So that's kind of how I view it at this moment, subject to change, as always. Yeah, for sure. Everything is a big to change. Uh, as a short question, who is your, like, the one person who who you'd love to have on the podcast, but you are a bit too small for that. Um, I don't know. I would say that the first person that came to mind was Rick Rubin, who is an incredible human being. He's a real human being. And I don't know if I'm too small to have Rick Rubin on the podcast, but I know that I, I love Rick Rubin and hopefully one day I will have him on the show. So... I don't know. I, I don't think about it in those terms because I never felt like I needed to be bigger to get a particular guest. 
Um, I, I want to have a bigger show that's listened to by more people so that I can impact more lives and impact people deeper. But I don't, uh, but I was getting amazing guests from the beginning, like guests that I was so excited to talk to. An amazing guest is one that I'm excited to have on the podcast. And that stayed true the entire time. So, for sure. No, and I'll, take, I'll take the Rick Rubin part as an, as an example, uh, subject to change again. Uh, if you have Rick Rubin on the podcast one day, who supposedly, if we call him your dream guest, he might not be, he might be, I don't know. Would the feeling of selling out Madison Square Garden still be different when compared to that achievement? In what sense? How would it how would it be different if I have a dream guest on the show? In the sense that you not get the same amount of happiness that you would in selling out Madison Square Garden. I don't know. I don't know about like how much happiness I will get from selling out Madison Square Garden. I don't know how much happiness I will get from having Rick Rubin on the show. I just simply feel that it would be amazing to have a conversation with this person. And it would also be amazing to bring all all the listeners of the podcast into one room. That's how I look at Madison Square Garden. Just like this is this will be amazing to experience. So I don't view it as like I will be happy when I have Rick Rubin. I will be happy when I sell out Madison Square. I don't view it like that. I view it like this is one experience and this and because we can dream up amazing experiences and work to achieve them that is an amazing thing simply sim- as like a good example might be i noticed that my body i wanted to transform my body and i wanted to be strong and i wanted to be muscular and i wanted to just be able to move my body in the ways in which it was it was supposed, I feel like it was supposed to be used. Like take appreciation for my body and build it. I didn't feel less happy when I had a body that I was proud of. I felt more happy, right? That I could be the type of person to do that thing. And so I feel the same way about Madison Square Garden. I feel the same way about Rick Rubin. I'm excited about the possibility of having them on. I'm excited about the possibility of of doing Madison Square Garden, but that's not going to make me upset. That's going to make me happy to do it because I know I've, when I had Gary Vaynerchuk on the show, it wasn't, I'm unhappy now. It was, I'm so excited that I did that. And so do you understand kind of what I'm saying? It's, it's not yeah. like, yeah. I think a lot of people view success or what other people view as success is I'll be happy when, and I, I view it as I'm happy now. And then if I do an amazing thing that I'm excited about, I'll be happy then too, by virtue of, I know that's the case because that's what's happened in the past about other things. So that's how I view it. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, That's an interesting thought. I think the more you think about it, the deeper you think about it, the more curious you become. And in in relation to the same point that you mentioned right now, uh, why do anything? Why why sell out mass in Square Garden? Why get Rick Rubin on the podcast? Why do anything when you you can do normal things? Because it's fun. It's fun for me. It's fun to dream and explore and then take steps to achieve that dream. Like why run a marathon? I think to myself as I train. There's 
I'm not going to get anything from it. Like, oh, but maybe I will. Maybe I will transform by virtue of me doing something. And I, I notice how I think differently as, as a result of, of doing actions. And I notice myself becoming a different person by virtue of me doing actions. And of course, the consciousness that's inside of me isn't actually changing in any way. It's not like I'm a different consciousness, but it's cool to grow. It's fun to grow. Growth is means you're alive. And for me, I, I find enjoyment in that process of doing things. And I don't know um, if, if I were to do nothing, I would still be doing something, right? That something would be doing nothing. So why not do something that is enjoyable and that progresses me forward and builds my character? Because that seems like a fun thing to do. How do you really know you have grown? Not in like physical growth in that, that you can see, but yeah, mentally. I think Twitter has been very helpful for this because it's like a public diary, public journal entry of, oh, I would not have tweeted this in 2018 the same way as I tweeted today, the same idea. That's growth. Journal entries are great in general because you can see your thoughts and how the contour of your thoughts, how are they different? So I think you know you've grown based on having a set point of another point in your life and comparing it to the present moment. Yeah, for sure. But these are uh, this growth that you're talking about, the Twitter growth, this growth is something that happened a long period of time, two years, three years, five years, something. Mm -hmm. How do you contemplate change within a person's thinking in the moment, in the spur of the moment, when you're interviewing someone? How do you contemplate the change that the person is going through throughout the conversation? Um, my intention for the podcast is to help someone learn something about themselves. And that is for the guest. I, I attempt for the guest to learn something about themselves. And you can notice on someone's face when they've made a realization. Or you can notice on someone's face when you show them a previous version of themselves. If I pull up someone's journal entry from 2016 and I say to them, hey, you you said this in 2016. And then the look in their eyes is like, oh my God, I've grown. I've changed. And just by virtue of me showing them an old version of themselves, they realize they have grown. And when they realize they've grown, that is growth. Like you can grow, but then if you don't even recognize you've grown, then you're you're not like you're not getting all the fruits of that growth because you haven't recognized it. And so what I'm doing on the podcast is I'm helping someone recognize that growth. And it, it's a, you could just see it in their eyes. Like, oh my God, I forgot that I said that, or I forgot that I, I lived in that body and mind at that time. People, we forget so easily. I don't even remember what I had for dinner on last week at this time. You know, like I, I just don't know. I'm, and so I think that a lot of life just happens. And when I put out content, when I put out podcasts, when I go on other people's shows, I am in essence creating journal entries for my future self of like, this is where you were at this time. And then if I review this episode 10 years from now, I can say, wow, that 28-year-old kid knew nothing and he knew some things. And that's cool because then I could fill in the gaps. And so I guess 
on the podcast, I can show people themselves as they were in previous iterations so that they can really see who they are today and I can witness it in their eyes. Yeah. It has happened to me, like, I think, once or twice, but it's a, you know when it happens and that's a great feeling. Uh, I think I'll pivot here a little bit. I'll, you, you want, you have an intention when you talk to people in the podcast, but what I really want to know in this one is, I'm just feeding my own curiosity here is, uh, a lot of founders and VCs and investors, everyone, they have to talk to people. Everyone has to talk to people. Yes. So interview people, like basically, that's what I learned from Harry. Uh, how do how does a person really prepare before doing talking to someone, interviewing someone? Right? Yeah, it's dependent on the context of the interaction. Right, Because if I'm just meeting someone for coffee, it will be different than if I'm interviewing them. But I would say, generally speaking, having a baseline of information and having more context for the person generally makes the interaction better. And the reason for this is if you think about your closest friend, there's just a shared context you guys have of so many experiences and so many moments that leads and allows you to go deeper more fast. And I try to get to that point as quickly as possible with someone of, we are friends, we've spent a lot of time together, and and they say to themselves, wait, but we've never spent time together. And they know that consciously. But subconsciously, I'm giving them stuff that I would bring up if we were friends. Hey, this time that you did this in 2016, that made me laugh. Hey, this time in 2019, when you started this business, oh, that was... I love when you did that. That is subconsciously letting them know, I think about you, I care about you, and I appreciate you, so let's go deep. Let's go to the the heart of who you are as a human being. And connecting with people, to me, is about having the context and then also treating it like we've been friends for a long time. And like really thinking about the tone that I speak to my grandparents with. That tone is full of love and energy and compassion and um, shared context that we've had. And if I can bring that to the podcast, then I can get the best out of people because then people will look at me like, wow, this guy is treating me and acting like we spent a lot of time together. And because we spent a lot of time together, I trust him and they've spent no time with me. But I get to that place quickly because I have the context and I have the tone that insinuates we are on the same team together. What what is the difference between talking to a friend versus talking to anyone in general? What difference does it make? Um, I think I try to treat everyone like they're a friend, whether it's like someone I'm meeting for the first time or um an old friend. Like I try to treat those the same, but I think the difference is just like a love for the other person and the knowing that the other person wants the best from you too. And so I just go into interactions and life like this. Like, this is my friend. They want the best for me. I want the best for them. And that drastically changes how you interact with people. A lot of people are like, I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to make eye contact with anyone. This person that I'm talking to could be a threat. And that's probably the right move 
evolutionarily, like that's probably makes sense to do that. My thought is like 99.9% of people are kind people who are just doing the best they can and that they want love. And I can give them love by virtue of knowing that I love myself fully and nothing you say can impact me in a meaningful way to get me to stop loving myself. That's a powerful place to be. And imagine just going around life knowing that. That's like a different level of appreciation for the humans you see and you interact with. And I'm living constantly like that. So that's what I think the difference is between talking to a friend versus talking to a stranger. My challenge is how can you treat strangers like their friends? Because it creates a quicker bond and it creates more appreciation for the other person that you otherwise wouldn't have. Yeah. A lot of, uh, in relation to this, a lot of time what we see, I'm looking at this from a person who is a founder and building something from that perspective. Mm. Uh, a lot of times what we see is they have to be brutal in the conversation. They have to tear down the person to find out what kind of a person he really is. They can't find that out by treating them in a normal way in which everyone else would. How does a founder or an investor or anyone go about doing that? So Gary Vaynerchuk has this concept called kind candor. And the idea is like, how do you say the truth to someone in a way that is kind? And I think there there's this idea that if you are in business, you have to say something rude and you have to like tear someone down and you have to give your like unfiltered opinion because that's what someone else needs to hear. I, I reject that idea. I think there is a way to be kind and be candorous and actually say the truth of what you feel in a kind way. I, I genuinely believe that. And I think a lot of times people use the, oh, we're, we're in business, therefore I can say the rude thing with no repercussions. Um, I reject that. And so, yeah, I think, I think being a, a kind person and saying the truth don't necessarily have to go against each other. Why do you have to be kind? I mean, you, a lot of times what we see is in our daily lives, uh, I see this, I don't know if a lot of people see this, people prepping you to handle the hardships of life. So why be kind? Be a little tough in that example. Yeah. I, I think it's important to be kind because kindness is love. And when we... When we feel love, we do our best. I, I know I do my best when I feel love for the podcast. You get the best work out of me. And kindness is a way to an entry point to love. Similar to laughing is an entry point to love, right? When you laugh, you are connected to the moment. You're connected to that other person and you feel good inside. Same thing with kindness. When someone gives you a compliment, you don't, Say to yourself, I want to work less hard right now. No, you say, wow, this feels really good. I want to also use the gifts that I've been given in this moment to do more. So love leads to more. And um, yeah, like you could make the argument life is hard, but life is a little less hard when you use kindness and when you receive kindness. And that that's kind of how I view it. Do you, do you view, view that? 
you being kind versus the whole world being tough or being unkind is that's a word what do you mean by that one person can change, cannot change the world that's how i'm looking at it so if you are kind a lot of people are not kind how do you make that make a difference then okay so if you you go by based on the premise that it doesn't matter if i'm kind or not and we we can be mean to each other i i would see i would ask someone to to play it out like actually do that like be mean to everyone in your life be mean to um every person you see and like play it to the extreme where does that lead you and how do you feel about yourself at the end of the day the week the month or the year like if you actually took it to the extreme and then for the next year the other the next experiment is okay we're going to be kind to every person i see which reality are you happier to live in i mean it is like undeniable and so obvious when you take it to the extreme and so right it might not matter cuz we're all going to end up in dust and where it doesn't nothing <laughs> like you you take it to the extreme of life it doesn't matter but it matters in the reality that you live in it matters in your body and mind kindness and living with love for another person it does matter because you are forced to live with you and you know the truth of what you're capable of and you know how it feels at the end of the day the end of the week the end of the month the end of the year so that's my thought on it yeah that, that's an incredible one. uh i think when when you do this when you are being kind kind in the moment how do you really be kind when talking to someone is it just like giving compliments yeah i mean giving compliments is one way to be kind but another way to be kind is to be present in your own body and mind and listen to yourself and the vibration of every person impacts the other person that they're speaking to like how someone shows up so if if someone's like on their phone the entire time and they're just like texting away that because they feel uncomfortable with themselves or they feel like they should be somewhere else that's an unkind thing to do to the other person right there's so many different ways kindness can interact like i could be on this podcast and i could also say you know what i'm also going to be texting or tweeting like while i'm on the podcast that would be unkind you would feel a way like why can't danny give me his full attention and presence at the end of the day i think what really is kind is presence are you actually being where your eyes and your body is if you are that leads to kindness that leads to you witnessing another person and seeing them as they really are in this moment that leads you to make a small subtle comment that the other person doesn't even realize they're presenting and you are actually there because you're witnessing So really what kindness is is being there with someone. And yeah, compliments play a role in that, but it's also just like being with someone. And how do you get better at being with someone? You get better at being with someone when you are there with yourself first. When you are good with yourself first. Because then you don't want anything from the other person. You just want to be as you are and be as they are. And that allows the interaction to be more pure. So that's kind of how i view it at least how do you become good with being with yourself 
practice. I spent a lot of time by myself. I spent a lot of time in my own thoughts, in my own world, and I've understood my own tendencies. And I've practiced being with myself and used that as a way to understand my own mind, my own body, my own being, so that when I do get the opportunity to cross paths with another being, I can really be there with them and not bring my stuff into the interaction. My stuff being, oh, I'm not worthy to have this conversation with this person, or this person's below me, or this person's ahead, or this person is this, or that. That's all my own stuff. And I've dealt with that. So I don't feel that. I just look at it as like, I am talking to a human being. And what a blessing and what a pleasure that is. So I've gotten better at that by being with myself and then allowing that to just be with other people as well. Yeah. Are you kind with yourself inside your own head, inside your own mind? Very much so. Very kind to myself. I'm my, my own best friend. But one thing which I, I think I, I can't fathom, I don't know why, but how does a person be kind at the same time while being all rude to themselves and being and brutal in feedback to themselves so that they can improve even further? I love what I'm doing and I love every moment that I'm blessed to be a part of. That doesn't make me not want to get better. That makes me want to get better because I love it so much. If I love acting, and I'm a, I love acting and I'm, I'm a big actor and I think acting is the coolest thing in the world. I love it. I don't want to make acting worse. I don't want to make my acting worse. I, I want to make it better because I love it so much. Right? Like think about a, a, a parent and a child. A parent loves their child so much. So if they're at it the highest form, they're not, they don't want them to be better because, oh, you're such a bad human being. You need to be better because then I'll love you. No, I love you so much. And because of that, I see the potential for you. And so that's kind of how I view it. But I think I'll put here a little bit. Uh, and I'll just ask the question, Trip. How do you really make a person comfortable before before having a conversation or during conversation i think it's being comfortable with yourself first yeah i really think that that's because people can feel it people can feel if you're uncomfortable with yourself people even if like they can't consciously say that i mean the the amount of people who will tell me you seem so so happy or so so comfortable with who you are and i'm like you're right i've spent a lot of time like making it that way. And that creates the best in them. So yeah, that that's what I would say is like you you have the best interactions by first dealing with your own stuff. When you talk to someone when uh I don't know, I'll try to put this in a way in which it makes sense. When you in the past when you talk to someone when you're not a lot uh, very comfortable with yourself what different did you think that made in the conversation versus what you get out of it now? So if you look at episode 39 of the podcast with Gary Vaynerchuk, yeah. to me, 
if I look back on that, I could see all the ways I've grown. I That was the first time I'd ever done a 30-minute interview. I was used to doing an hour plus. And the problem was I didn't really listen to him. I just had a bunch of questions and I just asked him one question after another. And if I was more comfortable with myself, I would have I would have sat with what he said and really considered it and asked myself, how does this relate to the other things that I've experienced in my life? And how how can I give him the best experience? But because I was uncomfortable with myself to some degree, I was one question, next question, next question, next question, next question. And then, yeah, it didn't, it didn't create for the best experience. So I look forward to potentially interviewing him in the future because it will show the growth of being comfortable in the moment, no matter how short or long the moment is. And that's a beautiful thing. And that's a result of doing the podcast 400 times. And that's a result of meditating more. And that's a result of understanding myself better. It, it all plays a role. And I, I can clearly see the difference in that I listen more now and I'm more comfortable asking follow-up questions and being the truest version of who I am. Yeah, that's that, that, that's, that's a good point. Do you think Gary, Gary also felt that, that you are uncomfortable with yourself? Absolutely. You, could you feel that? Yes, absolutely. How? <laughs> I think the nature of the questions and and how the questions just how I was saying them and he could probably tell that I was saying them in a way that wasn't real it was like an interview mode instead of like a real person mode person to person and when you do that like he's been interviewed enough times where he could pick up on that and also is intuitive intuitive enough as a human being that he could pick up on that so i think those are a couple of things um that stand out and also like he could tell that i was nervous because like at the last question was yeah he, he was saying like this is it you know like do you have any other questions for me like we ended before the time was up and he understood that like he he was dealing with a with someone who was uncomfortable with themselves and the moment yeah that's that's such a, that's such a good point i think i think were you uncom- uncomfortable with yourself or did you just not have enough practice both the answer is both um I I had more Yeah, I'm, I'm I was uncomfortable with myself and I didn't have enough practice. When you uh when you go into the when you go into conversation, I think how, how do you understand the thoughts and morals of a person before talking to them? You listen to them. You you read their stuff. You really get to know them and live in their shoes and try your best to to live in their shoes. Um I think it's it's really as simple as that. I don't think 
you do the best you can with the information that they presented publicly already. And that's how you get to know them. When I think I'll ask a question which is in relation to what you do on a daily basis. When you give people information that makes them realize something about themselves and strikes a chord within their own mind, there's a change in thought that comes within a person in that moment. I have noticed this in in the two times that it happened to me. How do you feel that during that same moment? How do you deal with it? And what do you mean? How do you sh- change your shape according to the... M- how do you change y- the way that you approach the conversation in, way- in the way that they change during that specific moment when you provide them that information strikes according to them? I don't, I don't change anything. I mean, if, if they find a new insight about themselves, that makes me happy and that makes me excited. But I don't, I don't change anything about myself as a result of them having that new insight. I'm, I'm grateful that I can provide the space for them to have that new insight about themselves. But I don't, I don't really change anything. Yeah. I, uh, People can see that on your face, like the happiness that you get when someone tells you that great reason, then you know, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I know that they're more comfortable in that moment, right? Because of the great research. So it excites me that, that, that they're comfortable because I just want to let them know, hey, like you're an amazing person and I think you're amazing and you just have to be yourself because really that's all we're here to do, be ourselves. So, yeah. For sure. How do you, uh, in that moment when you talk to someone, you have all things lined up, they're comfortable, everything is good to go. How do you not make them hide anything from you? Um, by, by being an open vessel myself, by explaining the ways, like let's say I ask someone about bullying, let's say, and they're really uncomfortable to talk about bullying. I could say, well, you know, in senior year of high school, this kid pushed me into a locker and I was really upset by it. And and th- it really stayed with me for a long time, unconsciously. And I didn't even realize that. Now they're more comfortable opening themselves up and revealing truths about themselves that they otherwise wouldn't have because they know that I'm coming from a place of, I'm not going to judge you because you got bullied. I was bullied too. And this was my experience and I'm, I'm okay with that. The more things you can be okay with yourself about yourself, the less judgment you have about yourself, the more open you are and people can feel that. And then they, they will share more about themselves. If I say like, listen, my dad didn't give me the, the emotional support that I, I wanted as a child. Well, now you're you're much more likely to say, oh yeah, like, and also like my dad beat me or something, you know, like to the, that lens because they understand that I'm good with me and that I'm not going to judge them for not being good with themselves. So they're going to be more open in that situation. Does that make sense? Yeah, it sure does. How, how does the person become less judgmental in some ways? I ask this question to a... Um... Guess I had on earlier. I'm curious to see how you think about that. I think it's recognizing the places where you judge and just witnessing it. 
and ask yourself, why am I judging this thing, this person, this situation? Why? And sitting with yourself. Because I think there lies the, you become less judgment when judgmental when you really sit with the ways you are judgmental and ask yourself why. I'll give you an example. So I, I never, so I know somebody who is really judgmental about education and school, right? And like, oh, you went to this school, therefore that is better. And then I asked myself, like, where does that come from for that person? Oh, it comes from like their parents. They want judgment. They they put judgment on schools. And so they instilled that. And and just opening yourself up to understanding where it comes from makes you less judgmental. Because you're like, oh, isn't that interesting that my parents thought that this school was better than this school? And be going to this school made you a better person. It's like if you didn't analyze where it came from, you might be willing to believe that story. But if you do analyze where it comes from and ask yourself why, then you are able to better, you're, you're, you become less judgmental because you, you see the story for what it is, typically false. So yes. that's how I've done it the, at least. The, the person that you give the um, example of right now, why do you think is he so judgmental about school? I think they're so judgmental about school because they grew up in an environment where going to the right school meant they would get love from their parents and or their friends. And if they got love from their parents or friends, they would be safe or happy. Yeah. It whole, the whole narrative comes back to be comfortable with yourself. Correct. I can only be comfortable with myself if I go to this school or if other people go to this school. How are they comfortable with themselves if they go to a school less than this school? I mean, it's it's not a correct narrative. It's a judgmental narrative. And if you don't analyze why it happened, you just stay in that programming or that those beliefs. If you were to have a conversation with the same person, how would you go about arguing with them? Not arguing, but putting your points forward? I, I would explain to them the, the the ways in which I have been judgmental in the past and and where that comes from. I wouldn't attempt to convince them by by trying to tell them they're wrong. I would try to convince them by saying, look at the ways in which I was wrong. And you could take that for what it means. Like when I was in a fraternity in college, I judged other people who were in a different fraternity. And it's like, what is going on there? Why am I living that way? Is because I had an ego and a pride in the fraternity that I was in. And it made me feel good to put someone else down. And then I, you know, it's like, do you see your own thoughts in that? in that behavior in in my own behavior like right now like it's possible it's also possible you don't so i don't i don't really attempt to convince other people i just attempt to show them this is what i was thinking and this was my life and this was my thought process and judgment and you might find it in your own or you might not so yeah 
how do you do that by asking them a good question it's dependent on the circumstance dependent on on the situation um just coming from a place of of not judgment of like why do you think that what makes you think that not like oh you're wrong for thinking this like you're being so judgmental when you do that what's wrong with you it, like not that but why do you think that right there's a different energy there between both so when you actually when you're done with a conversation that you had with the person how do you dissect the conversation after that to improve yourself or improve your thoughts or improve as a human being yeah i think just by virtue of me doing it i improve it's like <laughs> um like yeah it's helpful to to watch back the episode to see where i stumbled to see where i was not comfortable with myself to ask myself why i wasn't comfortable with myself in that moment what was going through my head in that moment like all those are helpful but i also believe more strongly you get better at doing things by doing them and you get better at doing them regardless of if you're trying to get better or not you are a better walker today than you were 10 years ago did you try to get better at walking no you just did it a lot and you got better at it and now you can walk anywhere you like and that's kind of how i feel about podcasting that's kind of how i feel about conversations that's kind of how i feel about being a human it's like you just get better by virtue of doing it a lot so you don't even have to worry about the getting better part and yeah there are things you can do to improve your walking abilities but it's just a beautiful thing to walk it's a beautiful thing to ask questions it's a beautiful thing to podcast with someone it's a beautiful thing to get someone to understand themselves more truly so that's how i view it do you uh, when you look back at your previous episodes like episode 39 with gary in a chuck yes uh are you uncomfortable watching that episode that you are so bad that no, i wish i would. not at all i i don't get uncomfortable watching myself when i'm just i'm crawling in the womb or or in or in a, a crib or on the floor when i'm 2 years old and i don't get com- uncomfortable at myself when i'm looking at myself take my first step and then i i fall down no i'm like this guy was doing the best he could at this moment like wow that's incredible so i think being uncomfortable with previous versions of yourself is part is something that will help you be less judgmental if you're if you're feeling uncomfortable with oh i was so bad at episode 1 or i was so bad at episode like all of that is uh is your judgments which is ruining the moment for you and is not allowing you to see yourself as you truly were so no i don't feel uncomfortable looking at old stuff of mine and i just view it as like wow i've grown so much and that's wonderful and also that person who did recorded that episode who was uncomfortable with himself was also wonderful as well how do you, what was the first thing which you usually look at when listening to yourself basically but you i i hope i really hope that you listen to yourself after you're done recording what is the first thing that you look at um how present i was i think that's the biggest one and how comfortable i was in my own skin those two course that's the biggest thing so we started with that being comfortable being present and i think i'll ask 
a question. What advice would you like to give to all the young builders and the young founders? Understand yourself better. Like do everything you can to truly understand who you are so that you can build a career or build a company that is in alignment with that. If you do feel like you are building something in alignment with who you truly are at your core, keep doing it and keep trying to find ways and figure out ways to make it better, but try to do it through the lens of, I love this thing and I want to get it out to more people and and want to build it. So this is an important piece of the journey right now. If you're in your first day of doing something that you love, like to literally today is day one, that's amazing. Don't hate yourself for being on day one. If you're in your your hundredth day, that's amazing. You're in your hundredth day and, and no one's like caring about your thing as much as you care about yourself. That's amazing, right? It It's the fact that you are on the path that should be celebrated and that you should celebrate and just to love every part of the journey. Love the beginning of it. Love the middle of it and love the end of it when you could look back on it and be like, wow, I can't believe I did that. That's incredible. And so if you can really think about that, if you are doing something that you are called to do, you are on a better place in the world. You are feeling better. You are living better and you are you are living in your truth. So that's that's my advice to the young builders and founders out there. You're called to do. What, 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 what is that supposed to mean? Um, the thing you're called to do is, um, like, I, I've spent a lot of time doing things that I was not called to do because other people wanted me to do them. And I, I asked myself, what do my parents want me to do? Let me do that. Right. What, what do my friends think is cool? I should do that. What do you. And, and when I, I removed all of that, when I removed what other people thought I should do, when I removed what my parents thought, I got to what I thought I should do. And what I thought I should do is the calling. What you think you should do is the calling. The question is, are you answering the phone or not? Because your calling is calling. And your calling is the thing that you feel like you are placed on this earth to do the thing that you want to do inherently, but you won't do because person A, person B, person C said, you know what? That's a bad idea. You shouldn't do that. That's that's just a waste of your time. That is such a stupid idea, but, but I want to do that. But that's, but I think I should do that. No, no, no. Don't do that. That That's a waste. You're, you're, you're silly doing that. You won't make any money do that. You won't have any fun doing that. It's a waste. It's a complete waste. No, no, no. But I, I need to do that. Like I, I really want to. And so some people and myself at, other, at some points in my life, I've listened. I've listened to other people. And at other points in my life, I've listened to myself. And every time I've listened to myself, it has led me to places that have been so magical that I can't even tell you. And the, the point of that is not to only listen to yourself and not listen to other people's inputs or perspectives, but it is to ask yourself, are those inputs and perspectives in alignment with me in this moment? 
because sometimes they are and sometimes they're not. And the better you get at that skill, the better your life is. That's what I'm calling it. So, um, this is, yeah, I think a, a funny thing I heard a long time back, like, listen to everyone, but do what you like. Listen to everyone, but do what you like. That is so true. For sure. I think just the last question I'd like to end with, um, no follow-ups to this one. What is, uh, I, I've been doing into VC startups and all these things ever since I was 11. Uh, what do you think would be one fact that will blow 11-year-old me mind? Um, that you've got all the answers. When I was 11 years old, I was writing blogs, right? And to to know that I had the answers at 11, not necessarily that what I was doing at 11 or 12 would be the thing that I was doing forever, but if you have some calling at 11 or 12 or some just thing that you enjoy doing, you've got the answers. What people try to do for the rest of their lives is to get back to the place you are at 11, which is just doing things for the sake of doing them because you find them fun and loving life. Everyone, the world is set up to try to take that away from you, take that torch away, take and and snuff out the flame that is your what you naturally love to do. And it's your job, 11-year-old, to keep it alive, keep the flame alive and, and do what you were put on this earth to do because you enjoy doing it. That's what I'd say to an 11 year old watching or listening that blue 14 year old me mate yeah amazing dude awesome incredible. Been incredible yeah uh, I'm really glad we did this after a long time I think that's from my side anything you'd like to say yeah that that's it's incredible you're 15 years old doing this I'm so excited for you um, I was also doing things on the internet since I was 11 12 13 as you know so anyone who has the courage to put themselves out there at this age is remarkable and is um, very much on the path. There's a lot of 15-year-olds who want to be doing this and who don't have the the courage in themselves, the belief in themselves, or or the the desire. And you've got it all, man. You've got the desire, you've got the belief in yourself, and you are on the path. And so you can... You can try to ignore it. You can spend time away from doing it, but this is just in you, and it's a uh, it's a remarkable thing. So, you carry yourself like you're in your twenties, and that's that's really special. And you're a really deep and, and thoughtful guy. So, keep doing what you're doing. 